On episode 284 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to achieve your dreams and help others succeed with the one and only Nick Boliteri. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the show. As many of you know, the legendary Nick Balateri passed away in early December, and it was definitely a very sad moment for the tennis world, uh, honestly. Um, when I saw Nick in person a few years ago, he looked incredible for his age, and I, I really uh, was surprised and, and saddened to see him pass away. I know there were, there were some rumors about him passing away even earlier than when he did, but yet, yeah, uh, unfortunately, it happened, and he's just such an, a tennis icon. Um, he has well over 60 years of unrivaled experience coaching. So many of the world's best players, including uh, Andre Agassi, Monica Seles, Jim Courier, Serena and Venus Williams. Uh, Venus Williams. Um, of course, he founded the uh, Boletary Tennis Academy, and he just has so many countless honors. And I did an interview with him a while ago, and I just wanted to resurrect this one for you all. Um, just to honor Nick. I know it's been a few weeks since his passing, um, but uh, you know, I had some other episodes that I had already kind of put in the uh, in the schedule, if you will, and I figured that uh, now would be uh, would still be a good time to bring this episode to you, and I think it's a really valuable one. You may have heard it before, but it's been a while, so I definitely want to honor Nick in my own little way that I can by putting out his information uh, to the world. So I hope you enjoy this interview and gain a lot of value from it. And without further ado, here is my interview with Nick Boliteri. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Tennis Files podcast. It's truly an honor to have legendary coach Nick Boliteri on the podcast. Now, Nick needs no introduction, but just to give you a brief bio, he is a Hall of Famer. He's written multiple books, including a new one coming out that we're going to talk about today. Uh, he's been an analyst and commentator. Uh, he's also been a tennis magazine instruction editor. Uh, he really does it all. Uh, so, Nick, it, like I mentioned, it's really an honor to have you on the podcast, and thanks so much for your time today. Well, if we can help people play a little better and enjoy the game, it's worthwhile. Thank you so much, Nick. And uh, in doing some research for this interview, I really came across so many interesting things. Uh, I mean, you know, you've obviously had so much experience uh, throughout your career. But one thing that that stood out is that you served in the Army and you actually became a first lieutenant. So I was wondering if if your experience with the armed forces uh, actually helped shape your approach to your life and your tennis career. Well, it certainly did. Uh, first of all, I flunked a test for the Naval Air Corps, and I uh, 
volunteered to be a, a, a paratrooper, and I was a master paratrooper, and later received a commission of a captain. And uh, let me say this, the reason why being part of the paratroopers helped me, it was totally volunteer. Hmm. And everybody that was in there wanted to be the best of the best. So you volunteered to be a paratrooper. And by that philosophy helped me because you're with people that have the same philosophy that you have. Hmm. We can and will do it. I love that, Nick. And uh, clearly, that has uh, transferred over to your life where you've consistently been the best and produced like so many incredible champions. It's it's really incredible. I mean, just to throw out a few names, you know, Andre Agassi, Monica Seles, Jim Courier, uh, the Williams sisters, uh, Mary Pierce, and so forth, uh, Mary Sharapova. One other interesting thing, Nick, is uh, just like Coach Mark Lucero, who I just interviewed uh, yesterday, uh, you actually dropped out of law school, and I'm actually a practicing attorney myself. So I was just curious how you ended up coming to that decision to actually go into tennis coaching instead of going into the legal world. Well, first of all, I didn't drop out. I flunked out. Flunked out. Uh, I landed three months. (laughs) the the dean came to me. He said, "Mr. Bolletier, you have to dress up like a lawyer." On the third time, he said that. Uh, I I told him a few choice words, <laughs> but let me say this: that um, law school is, is for certain people. My life was to be with people, and to be with children, and also to do things that no one else ever did. Now, remember that. It's very important that those people listening today, people who know they can be a success in something, they do it. Crazy people like Richard Williams, Ken of the Tennis Channel, Mm -hmm. Nick Bolletieri, we do things that people say can't be done. We are not afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. And that's why I am where I am today. And when people said Nick can't do something, that's the fuel I used to do it, baby. Okay? Mm-hmm. So remember everybody listening to this. Come out of your safety box. Try something that you're saying, can I do it? Can I do it? And you know what? If you have this philosophy in time, you'll start doing things that you never thought that you can do. Thank you so much for that, Nick. And uh, just to reiterate, yeah, just really take action. A lot of people, they're just hesitant and they never make any moves. And instead, it's just better to, to make moves, fail and learn from it, just like you have, uh, Nick. And and speaking of that, uh, you know, question for you. If you could take a time machine right now and talk to your 25-year-old self when you opened that first tennis academy in 1956. It was North Miami Beach, 1957 on two tennis courts, and my pro shop was a Pepsi-Cola machine with an umbrella in the middle. Wow. (laughs) My fee fee was $3 per hour, and my first two students were Cheryl Smith and Brian Gottfried. Wow. Pretty good students Mm -hmm. there. But, Nick, if you could take a time machine and actually talk to yourself, uh, you know, back then, what advice would you give a young Nick Boletari to speed up his rise through the coaching ranks? Well, first of all, if I thought what to do, I'd never be where I am. 
Mm. I just did it. Uh, that's the type of guy Nick is. If I start giving too much thought to things, I probably won't do half of them. Mm. Nick does it, whether it's a failure or a success, I just plow into it and I do it, sir. Gotcha. And, rem and remember something. This advice I want everybody to listen to. Nick Bolletieri is where I am today because of the team I had. It's not I did it, we did it. No one can do it by themselves. And I've been very fortunate to have many people that have followed me down the road and climbing mountain after mountain. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Thank you. It's so important to have such a, a great team around you to influence you and, and give you uh, open critical advice. Um, so Nick, I mean, you're, you're 88 years young now. Uh, what is it about tennis that has kept you going throughout the sport year after year? I mean, you see a lot of people, they'll get into something, do it for like a year or less, and then they'll get tired of it. But you've been going for so many years. So what is it about tennis that keeps you going? I don't think about it, baby. I just do it. I never give thought. If you watch Showtime, Love Means Zero, the 90-minute documentary, mm -hmm. you can get it on Amazon. I just did things. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about the consequences, whether I would be successful or failure. If Nick Bolletieri spent time thinking about the things I did, I probably wouldn't done have done 99% of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very sage advice, Nick. Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, listeners really like hearing about, uh, you know, whether it's pro players or, or great coaches, you know, points that they've hit in their career, like low points, and then how they've come back from it to succeed. So I was wondering if you could maybe speak to maybe a rough patch in your career and then uh, what you did to bounce back from it and uh, and become great. Well, I think that uh, the one thing that I did was taught to me by my father. Mm -hmm. Back in 1981, I believe it was Morley Safe is no longer with us, was interviewing a sports psychologist for 60 minutes or 2020, forgot what it was. And the sports psychiatrist said, Nick Bolletieri is crazy. He beats up kids. He doesn't feed them. Mm -hmm. And we're all Italian. My mother began cursing at the television in Italian. Sure. And she said to my father, a very quiet man, youngest man to graduate Fordham Pharmaceutical School, mm. Jimmy, why are they talking about our son this way? And my daddy said, Mary, if you ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to talk about you. And whatever they say, you say thank you. And that the, what the things that you do in life do the talking for you. Those words have helped me to be where I am today. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mm. That, that is so powerful. I mean, you know, they, they, they say, you know, if you're not... If you're not getting criticized, that means you're not doing really anything impactful. So you're always going to have criticizers out there. And I mean, uh, you know, if they're constructive, I mean, then you can learn from it. But if they're just talking trash, I mean, you just pay no attention and don't get mad from it. So uh, I love hearing that. Uh, one other thing, uh, Nick, too, I, you know, as I mentioned, you're 88 years young. You look fantastic. I, it was really an honor to see you uh, and chat with you for a minute at the U.S. Open uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so I read in an article that you have a consistent morning routine. And uh, I was wondering if you could maybe talk to us about what it is and how it helps you start the day off uh, right. Well, I actually have changed the routine. My, my first lesson is at 630 and I usually give two and a half to three hours in the morning. And then I spend time at my office with the voluntary tennis and learning program for the inner city people. Mm. And then in the afternoon, I may give a lesson or play golf around four or five. But I do my workout now in the evening mm. at home. And it consists of 10 to 15 minutes of just stretching. 50 to 100 sit-ups and little 10-pound weights doing some exercise with my arms. That's it. Mm. That's, what I, that's what I do. I don't drink liquor. I haven't drank for over 10 years. I watch what I eat. I think I'm about 150 pounds, 30 waist. And the reason why I stay in shape, how can I travel worldwide giving speeches about taking care of yourself. If I have a pot belly, look like I'm six months pregnant. <laughs> I just don't do that. But the one thing that I do is that I even think when I sleep, my mind never stops going. And I think it's very important. And you know, the book, I have 10 books. And by the way, I'm in 13 Hall of Fame. <laughs> but when I watched Showtime, I said, Nick, sit down with a pad and pen. I don't know how to use a computer. And I spent the last 14 months writing a coach's journey, lessons lived, learned, and shared. And I take you through from the day I was born to where I am today. And one of the interesting chapters is what I learned, what, what I a coach teaches and learns. So I'm going to give you the first coach or the first player that I talked about. There were 52 cards in the deck of cards. And Andre Agassi was the joker. Mm. I plead guilty. I should have thrown him out a hundred times. Mm. And what did he teach me? Look deep into a person's soul. And God said to me, this boy is going to be special. And look what he turned out to be. So I do 35 players like that. And throughout the book, there are pieces by Dr. Jim Lair, Brett Haber, Steve Flink, Judy Murray, Dick Vitale. They open up different parts of the book. 
And the book is divided into sets, set one, set two, set three, six, four, six, five. The last part of the book is the impact I made on people's lives. And then I'm very fortunate, the chapter on leadership and trust. Are you ready? The mm-hmm. former commander of the Blue Angels. Wow. And he has about 17 pictures. And one of the things he talked about, two jets coming at each other at a combined speed of a thousand miles per hour combined, passing each other by three feet. That's trust, baby. Mm-hmm. And I hope he didn't drink too much wine the night before. <laughs> and he talks about a bombing mission and praying that the flak and the missiles would not hit him. But it's all about if the mechanics don't keep that F-18 in perfect shape, they die. So the chapter is unbelievable. And throughout the book, my son was the most talented photographer to graduate University of Miami, gave me about 500 photos that he's taken because he's been with me traveling for most of my life. And the book, no one has written it. There's a, there's a chapter in there about pushy parents versus supportive parents. Mm-hmm. There's a part of the book, college versus pro. Listen up, everybody. Back in the 80s and 90s, I turned my students pros when they went diapers, Colin Bassett, Jimmy Arias, Andre Agassi, Aaron Krigstein. Today, I want them in suits and dresses with a couple of years of college. The chances of a professional making today is one out of 3,000 make a living Mm. one out of 3000. So we talk about college and no one. Now remember something. I'm not saying I'm the best pro, but there's no other coach in the world that has had the experience of 60 years that I have had. And I take you through 35 of the players, Boris Becker, Martina Hinkis, Tommy Haas, Anna Konnikova, Maria, and after each of the players, they say something about me. Mm. So the book is going to be fantastic. And I'm very proud to say that Ken Solomon, the CEO of Tennis Channel, Mm -hmm. they are going to be partners with Nick Bollettieri. So they're going to be my partner in um, bringing out the book. Wow. That's wonderful. Uh, we love Tennis Channel, obviously. Uh, the podcast is on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, and we're so excited to see uh, the, the book come out soon. And um, you, you mentioned, I mean, obviously, you, you've trained uh, so many great players and uh, from a young age. So I was wondering, you know, wh- there's so many different personalities that you've, you've trained. So how do you get junior players to, to train hard but also enjoy the sport at the same time? Well, first of all, IMG doesn't produce champions. IMG prepares a student to reach their ability level in Mm -hmm. any of the sports that we have here. Mm -hmm. We now have nine sports, 600 acres, and I started with 22 acres. But remember something. For a coach, a business person, a parent, 
get to know your student, baby. Mm -hmm. Listen to them. Learn about them. Learn their habits. And you know what? Then you know how to react to them. Boris Becker said Nick was a genius. He stands close to you. He looks, listens, sees a little thing, gives a little tip, and walks away. Too many coaches have diarrhea of the mouth. Remember, the more you talk, the more you must prove. But learning who the student is will help you in everything, whether it's in life, a salesman, learn about that customer. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Nick, you know, there's uh, coaches out there who will, will listen to this and, and think, oh, well, I mean, this is, of course, great advice, but I just don't have the capacity. Like, I have too many students. So, do you have any sort of response on how they can still learn about their students, even if they have a lot of them? Working an extra four to six hours a day, baby. Mm -hmm. My day ends about midnight. Anytime I give a lesson, I take time to write an email. When I receive and my manager receives Steve Schuler, dozens of emails, and I answer every one of them. Mm -hmm. That is called forever a coach. It's 24 hours a day, baby, 365 days a year. That's what a true coach is. Mm -hmm. Just putting in the work and, and truly being dedicated to the craft like you have, and that's shows in your results. So amazing stuff. Nick, so when you're trying to develop a junior tennis player's game, I mean, you have all these different aspects, of course, technique, fitness, strategy, the mental game. I mean, how do you kind of approach that? What areas do you decide to develop first and what's mo most important? The game today is made up of techniques movement and mentality. So early on in the career of a youngster, make sure they work on their techniques, not playing tournaments at 10 and 11, but techniques, movement, physical fitness, and all aspects of the game. Richard Williams did not let his daughters play until they were 14 years old, baby. Okay. Playing too soon you probably will eliminate some things that'll make them a better player later on in their life. Gotcha, Nick. Appreciate that. And and so when you're working with juniors uh, and you're you're trying to to work with them to set goals and things they want to achieve, I mean, how do you approach the goal setting? Do you focus them on on rankings goals or improvement goals or both, or how does that uh, work for you? You know what I do. Have them write down their goals, baby. I'm not going to tell them their goals. Mm -hmm. Have it in writing, what their goal. Then are they willing to pay the price to reach those goals? But put it in writing. Okay? Mm -hmm. Never conversation. People say I didn't say that. But if you have it in writing, it's a totally different thing. And remember, you, you can't hit what you can't reach. So movement, movement, movement is key, is key. And why does a shot go off a technique? Because you do not have a balanced foundation when you make contact with the ball. Yeah, no, that's very powerful. I mean, I always find when I'm playing matches or practice and when I focus more on my footwork, that's when I'm actually playing uh, the best. So 
definitely uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, Nick, uh, you you work with thousands of players, but who who is an example of a of a very hard worker? Monica Sellers had me there before the sun came up, the sun shining down, the moon shining. Nick, give me another ball. Give me another ball. And Nick Bollettieri was smart enough not to change it. Two hands on both sides. Coach would say, why doesn't Nick change it? Why doesn't Nick change it? Monica Sellers, if she had moved behind the baseline, would never have been the player. By using two hands on both sides and hitting the ball early and controlling the court made it possible for Monica to be where she is. Mm-hmm. And, and Nick, I mean, you know, players have different motivations. I mean, sometimes they're in, you know, maybe they're in a different country that's going through war and then they, you know, that motivates them to become their best, like, like uh, Djokovic. But in Monica's case, I mean, what do you think motivated her so much that she would be out there even before you and, and, you know, doing everything she could to become a champion? I I think that her father and her brother uh, certainly, uh, uh, were there by her side. Maybe daddy pushed a little too hard, but uh, that came from Monica. A lot came from Monica. That was what she wanted to do. Remember, it's tough to force something into somebody. Uh, they, 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 it's got to be a burning desire inside. And uh, God gave me the gift to keep pushing People say, Nick, when are you going to retire? Retire? There's no such word as retirement. And remember, I work in my sleep because when you die, you have plenty of time to sleep. (laughs) So everybody, I've got to run now, but I want to say this. I enjoy the podcast, and uh, maybe next time, if you write in some questions, I think I would be very open to do another podcast by answering some questions. Remember, everybody? Take care of the inner city children that don't have a chance in life. And that's what I'm doing a lot of right now. The voluntary tennis and learning program. I started the Ash voluntary program in Newark, New Jersey in the late eighties. We're in it for eight, 13 years with Bob Davis. And I'm doing that again in the state of Florida and I'm going to expand it. So everybody, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Nick. We'll definitely do a part two with uh, with uh, questions from the audience. And and uh, when is your book coming out? When can we expect to see it on shelves? I'll I'll I'll, I'll know more. Um, uh, Ken Solomon got the book yesterday, oh, so great. I'll know more very shortly. All right, my boy. Great. Thanks so much, Nick. Really appreciate it. Okay. Bye. All the best to you. Take care. All right. I hope that you enjoyed uh, my interview with Nick. And um, again, uh, really. Uh, I just want to um, give the best wishes to his family. I'm sure they're still, uh, you know, having a tough time um, with, you know, the unexpected passing of Nick. And yeah, I just uh, can't thank him enough for everything that he did for the tennis world and all the influence that he had and just an incredible figure. And I'll definitely miss him as will everybody else. So yeah, I I hope that you took a lot of value from this one and, you know, enjoyed listening to it again. If you listen to it, you know, I guess it's been a few years now since we did it, but yeah. And with that, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the show 
And you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts or on your favorite app of choice that you use to listen to the show. I would really appreciate it. And yeah, it would just help the show out a lot. And I'll leave you with this quote. And this one is from Nick Bollettieri himself. And Nick said, you can't be patient if you're not strong. Really like that quote. Um, so yes, uh, I hope that your new year has started off strong. And uh, if you haven't already, check out my last uh, episode, episode 283, I believe. And in that one, I um, put together uh, the best clips that I could find from last year's most popular episodes of the show, um, interviews, and I think one solo episode of myself. Um, so yeah, enjoy that one if you haven't yet. And I just look forward to more uh, content producing, valuable content that you can learn from and improve uh, through and share with others uh, if you so choose to. Um, so yeah. Thanks a lot for the support, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Falls Podcast. This is your host, Mirabhan Aranshad, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.